coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom, shakalaka. Welcome in. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. Steve Bonham. That's Mason Cameron. That is not Neil Smith. He is joining us today, coming in from the Thursday show. So, it's such a hit last week. Why not do it again? Right, Mason? I mean, you didn't even have to tell anybody. They probably would have even noticed that it wasn't Neil, to be That's honest. Right. But again, you don't have the flannel on, so you're not wearing the Colorado you're right. uniform. You're right. I'm in it, disguise It would have been today. very confusing for everybody out there. You know, this is like a close second. This is like the secondary <laughs> uniform, the like the the fake wool jacket. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the heavy hoodie. Yeah. That's what it is. For funny, sure. funny story, actually, about one of these. Mm-hmm. I used to work at a Nordstrom. Brandon Stokely came into the Nordstrom, bought two of these. I was like, oh, Brandon Stokely's just like all of us, just a regular <laughs> zip up. The zip ups were like 250 a piece. Nice. <laughs> that sounds about right. right. I, I believe that. I believe that for sure. Uh, so you can find me everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve. You can find Mason everywhere at football underscore Mace. It's on the screen there. Uh, and then, of course, check us out, patreon.com slash important nonsense. Uh, you can sign up there to get all of Mason's work in the sports betting in the DFS area over there. Also, it gives you access to our Discord, so you can ask us all your start-sit questions. And uh, just come enjoy the party in there. It's always a good time. All of our picks in the Discord every week. Bashal is an absolute killer. Oddsmakers are terrified of him. <laughs> Specifically, Vishal. Yeah. So come you out. You too. You're doing pretty good on uh, which one is it? Your money the line? money. I'm doing good on the money line. Get the money line. I wish I. Could, I wish I could. I could take the whole triple he, crown like V has. V is, he is roasting assassin. the world though in uh in the uh every other category. He's yeah, top absolutely. five. I think still in everything and absolutely it, everything, at least top 10. He's, he's crushing it right now. All right, let's get into this though. We got a bunch of news from this week. Uh, first of all, let's start with non running back news. All right. There's, there's a, a smattering of some things. Uh, Zach Wilson, he got hurt again. Cause that's kind of what he's done so far. Uh, this time it's a thigh bruise. It's on the same leg where he had the PCL injury. He has said that the knee isn't stable, which does not sound good. I would think you would definitely want the knee to be stable. Um, he has also not looked good in any way, shape, or form. I mentioned it in my uh, pickums in the Discord chat that Elijah Moore was my over because he had been consistently good over the last month. However, that was all without Zach Wilson. So we'll see what happens. And he hits the under. Of course, Plummets, yeah. because why not? Like basically you had Elijah Moore, you had Jamison Crowder, uh, even Ty Johnson. Everybody on the Jets with Zach Wilson in the lineup was a nightmare to play. Are, at this point, are you sitting all Jets if it's still Zach Wilson? I mean, I think you have to. I right? think you just absolutely have to. The production of the team, you, you, it's noticeable when a guy like um, Joe Mike Flacco, White Mike Joe White, Flacco. Yeah. and, and um, are like, clearly outplaying the guy who was the it, number it two overall make, pick. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, you know, and we we talk about this a lot in terms of, like, what is a young quarterback's threshold before mm-hmm. you effectively ruin him? 
And I think we're close or we're quickly approaching that. Mm -hmm. um, Get in there. That possibility with Zach Wilson, because he whatever confidence he had um, in college, he does not have right now. They do not have the protection to keep him upright. And even when they do, he feels phantom pressure. It's a really similar situation to when Baker Mayfield was, um, you know, in his rookie season. And they knew and he knew exactly who was protecting his blind side. And he felt pressure even when there was no pressure. And that's a very similar situation you're getting with Wilson in the fact that, well, for one, he's feeling things that aren't there. It's rushing his process and he's not being able to read the field and it's making plays like the one that we saw this last week where he throws it at um ty johnson's back when they're both running you know downfield it's just it's just those type of plays that it's like yeah you can't blame him for that but it's like well i mean you have to be cognizant enough of what you're doing and the game is moving way too fast for him right now yeah 100 percent um better news kyler murray back at practice looks like he's back on track to finally be back this week thank god uh aaron Rodgers dealing with a fractured toe injury he said that he's gonna avoid the surgery right now until possibly the off season but the surgery is supposed to be minor enough that he wouldn't actually miss any time even if he went through with it so i don't know why he's not especially considering the fact they're on the bye I Joe Buck know. put it best. He Im- he immunized the toe. Yeah, exactly. Pain. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So he's on the bye this week. He's hoping that the week off to rest and do basically nothing is going to help it get better. I don't think that's how fractured toes work. I'm not a it's doctor not. of any kind, but apparently Aaron Rodgers is. So, we'll but to be fair, to be fair, I don't know a more resilient body part than the toes. Mm-hmm. I have never. Feels like there's a backstory there, but I I don't really want to get into it. (laughs) I have never stubbed a toe (laughs) and haven't immediately thought that it was broken into a million pieces. That's fair. So that's fair. Um, Let's see. What do we got? Jalen Hurts had an ankle stepped on by a lineman this week. That's exciting. Uh, It's created what our guy Edwin Porras has called a quote unquote mini high ankle sprain, which makes him a high risk to miss this week. All right, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it out there in the universe. Sneaky ad. Is Minshew Mania back? Are are we doing this? Am I ready to get my heart broken again? You have a mustache. I have a mustache. I don't think we ever left. Like, let's go. Let's do it. I'm right. Uh, I know you are, too. my, My love for Gardner Minshew will never fade. All right. The man who lives in an RV and just travels around the country in his free time. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I look, I love Jalen Hurts. I've been on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon, but if we can get at least one weekend of Minshew mania, I'm all about it. Just and and yeah. especially too for what Hurts does, like, you know, Lamar Jackson light, basically, you definitely don't want to be messing around with an ankle injury. I feel like him not being mobile is going to be a major impact to what it is he does that makes him useful for fantasy purposes. Yeah, absolutely. The The thing about it is those guys that use that athleticism to their advantage to give yeah. you that rushing floor. You just don't want to play around with the feet, mm. the ankles, the legs like those things are your your moneymaker as a oh, player. Yeah. And yep. you don't like somebody needs to be in your corner saying we know you can play, yeah. but you should. Yeah, 100 percent. They got to be looking out for the best interest of him. Right. 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 Yeah. Um. Especially Get, as a young player. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because uh, And with all the rumors that have been going around, too, with Watson and all that, 
Like you have to know that it's in his mind that he has to be out there performing. He doesn't want to be sitting on the bench doing nothing. Right. 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 Uh, Darren Waller left his Thanksgiving day game last week uh, and has not returned to practice yet this week. Obviously with tight end being what it is, if he plays, you have to play him. You don't really have a, a choice there. If he's out though, do you have any interest at all in streaming Foster Moreau or somebody else at the uh, tight end position? I mean, you could because you've seen that value in the offense. Like um, Foster, I mean, I mean, I don't have the numbers right in front of me at the second, but I'm pretty sure that he had a, a decent showing um, in relief there. So, it's like this you past said, week, you mean? I can look yes. Real quick. It's it's just like one of those. Uh, like you said, the tight end position is so scarce that really any flyer you could find is kind of sometimes worth the play, depending on what yeah. you need from from your matchup. Yeah, he uh, this past week in the Thanksgiving game, he had five targets, only caught one of them for three yards. But I believe what you're thinking of is one of the weeks that Waller missed. He caught six of his six yeah, targets yeah, yeah. for 60 yards in a yeah, touchdown. You're right. You're right. You're right. He had uh, the devil game. He, he yeah went, he went six six and six with a six point that's touchdown. right that's so, right um but but yeah it, it it's like anything else like it's not like he's going to get a huge amount of volume this isn't a ricky seals jones situation where when logan thomas was out all of a sudden rsj moved into a hundred percent snap right. share and was a monster that you had to have in your lineup on a weekly basis i think foster moreau is just another guy who gets thrown into the grab bag at tight end that's right. if they fall in the end zone you win exactly yeah yeah yeah. because yeah. because that is you you've put it like this all season and i'm sure you've been telling everybody all season there are two three four guys and then it's just literally put them all in a hat it doesn't yep. really matter doesn't matter at all because you're not even you're, a little bit you're risking the same thing with all of them 100 percent um aj brown went to ir so that means he's going to be out at least three games he joins julio jones who was already on IR. It is a complete and total mess in Tennessee. At this point, are there any skill players currently on the Titans that are still even worth rostering? Because like Anthony Furser is still healthy, but you wouldn't know that from his stat lines. You, you wouldn't know that from what he's done this season. I mean, like you could probably still be rolling with Tannehill in a sense that like he can do some things but I don't think they have any weapon that I'm actually after um what's the name of the kid that's in relief there I always forget his name uh at wide receiver oh I I know Nick Nick Akeem Westbrook or something like that yeah mm -hmm. I I forget I forget his name off the top of my head apologies but um you know he looks good I actually had to chart one of their games that game the the game that they actually, the last time they had AJ Brown and uh, Julio both out. And he, I mean, he looks like he is up to the challenge, but the problem is, is that nothing there excites me in terms of what their offense is going to do as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't see a lot of production there in general. So like, yes, if you're really risking it, you might go that way, but I hope you got some other spots. I hope you have some other options there because nothing excites me about that offense. Um, and I mean, they at least they were smart enough to drop AP. Like, yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. And I'm trying to see, like, if he's creeped up the list at all here. And I mean, maybe Hilliard had a, you know, decent showing, but. Let's see. It doesn't look like it. Or maybe I'm just not filtering properly. This is great podcasting, by the way. People are loving this out there. Of course. Um, they are. Where are they? 
This is all part of the show anyway. We just oh, have 100%. to add this filler so that you guys get to look at us for a little bit longer. 100%. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm throwing myself off because the Titans are on the bye this week, aren't they? Oh, that's right. That's why. That, that is correct. That is why he is not currently. That'll throw there. That'll throw the wrench that, in that. I'm like, why isn't he? Uh, why isn't he ranked here on the the ECR? It's because the Titans aren't actually <laughs> playing. Aren't playing. This week. So yes, that's that's why. Uh, no, I agree with you though. Dontrell Hilliard is the pass catching back on that offense. I definitely would still want him in PPR. Jeremy McNichols coming back healthy kind of murks that up a little bit, but I still believe he's more of the between the tackles right. guy along with Donta Foreman. And then you have uh, Hilliard, who to me is the best all-around back. You saw what Foreman and Hilliard did last week with the limited opportunities that they had. So I right. think that that those are the only guys that I would be interested in. Maybe a Tannehill if you were super desperate at QB, but that that's about where you would end up. And we've got Neil. How you doing, Neil? How's it going, buddy? I'm sure life is beating you up over there today. I just had to work late. It's not anything the listening audience needs to concern itself with. It's happening periodically. <laughs> We're getting to the end of the year. Demands demands are what they are. So I apologize for being tardy to the party. Well, oh, we made God. it. We made it the first ten minutes, and nobody knew I wasn't you. Promise. Right. Yeah. I, we look. Yeah, if you and I were walking around together, yeah. <laughs> they would assume we were related. That's, yeah, I, I told him he go. was just missing the flannel 100%. from the Colorado uniform. Right. But otherwise, yeah. spot on. Spot but I let him know, you know, everybody has one of the Sherpa jackets, too. So, yeah, I actually have two of those. <laughs> so and mine aren't gray. I have a blue one and a brown one. So, yeah, there's a blue, there's a blue one on the rack right there. I was going like, to say, what do you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, do you you got to diversify the wardrobe. You right? have a bunch of all weather gear made by Kuehl yet? Because that's the, that's the new hotness. No, right I here. haven't. That's what they're doing in the streets. That's, that's what <laughs> I, the kids are doing yet. out here. No, I haven't. Colorado I, I, fashion tips with me yeah, and right. Neil on the okay. that's right. podcast. There's a call, this is what I, the people know, come here for. Yeah, why, I mean, they're not going to come here for fantasy. Yeah, advice. they don't care about I have fantasy a lot of data to back yeah. that up. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about anyway, exactly. so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what we were talking about was the Titans being an absolute disaster. Yes. Uh, but we're, okay. we're going to move past that. All right. So All we're right. going to move into the next area of, uh, yes. of disasters. Exactly. So next okay. on my list, we've got wide receiver slash running back. Because who knows what he actually is anymore. Debo Samuel. He's dealing with a groin injury. Uh, it's going to keep him out one to two weeks. What kind of impact is that going to have on the San Francisco offense right now? Because it's been bizarre seeing Brandon Ayuk get a bigger role. And mainly he's getting a bigger role because he's getting the Debo targets. And it's not that he's not there. It's that Debo has somehow become the number one running back in San Francisco. I don't know what that is about. But now you've got Mitchell who just had 27 carries in a decent game. But Debo Samuel is getting more carries and more work than Jeff Wilson. So, I mean, does this make Jeff Wilson slightly more relevant now if Debo's out? I guess the number honestly, two back is gone. I don't I don't know. What this honestly, means. it's interesting because Jeff Wilson has been the pure backup when mm -hmm. Mitchell is playing. So he's not even the pass catching back. What I mean is he is the literal backup running yeah. back. He's the in case of emergency break glass. Yeah, because Jermichael, when he's been available, uh, Jermichael Hasty has still been the pass catching running back when mm -hmm. Mitchell and Hasty and Wilson are all active. Those are the three that will be active because yeah. Trey Sermon at that point is a healthy scratch. Right. So 
if you're asking me and he's also hurt now too right so from my end there's i don't think jeff wilson's job changes i think brandon iuk to the moon george kittle gets a, a bump even a little bit more on top of what he already would have had which is pretty high because mm-hmm. at this point he's ostensibly at least healthy so those are the two that i would say get the biggest uptick and then mitchell for as long as he's going to be healthy seems to be the true rb1 jeff wilson's job for me doesn't change because yeah. hasty is actually returning to practice so for me the ones that i think get an uptick are Ayuk and kittle and then from there mitchell maybe gets a slight increase in workload yeah and then hasty will have his job and wilson will have his job but i don't know that it trickles down enough to make me change my outlook on anybody that isn't the big guys that are there so i'm curious is that the consensus in the room or is that just how i read the situation uh, I would agree with you in the sense that I would rank Brandon Ayuk now higher than I have, but like right now the ECR has him at wide receiver uh, 21 in mm. PPR. That feels way high for me. I, I feel mm. like people are putting him right back to where they wanted him to be in the preseason right. because they're thinking, oh, well, the only problem was Debo was in his way. So now it's got to be exactly like I predicted it. Right? I will say I get that thought process because that thought process is rooted in a certain amount of like things we saw before. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it holds water. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not going to call anybody crazy for that person. Sure, sure. But my point here is um, so basically he was in the doghouse. Then they get to the bye week and he does literally nothing against Indy. But since week eight, when they played Chicago, he's had seven targets, eight, four, seven and six. So Ayuk's been a consistent part of this offense. Do I suddenly believe that the now two or three targets a game that Debo has been getting because he's been getting a majority of his work out of the backfield? Do I suddenly believe that all of that goes straight to Ayuk? I mean, George Kittle only had two targets last game. I feel like that's more likely to go up than Ayuk to get to 15 targets. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both of them have definitely been taking up that slack in the passing game. And I think that that probably continues. And you know what? I have to commend Neil because that breakdown of the backfield was perfect in a backfield that I've effectively washed my hands of early on in this season. (laughs) And I hope that most of you have the self-respect to do the same. Unless you won the Mitchell sweepstakes off the waiver wire. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. The, The thing is, is that he's really the only guy that should excite you in that backfield. Like you just broke down, it is such a headache, head scratcher of what's really going to happen in that backfield to the point that we actually have Debo Samuel as a number one running back, like a actual playable running back. And that's insane, insane to think about to the point that I want no part of it. And I'm sick to my stomach that I drafted (laughs) Trey Sermon in dynasty. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's not looking great right now. No, that's going to be painful. Gave, yeah. gave Steve Joe Mixon, so I had the privilege mm-hmm. of right. drafting Tracer. The privilege. You're welcome, by the way. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Yeah, you've got a better record than I do in that Dynasty League, so I, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to talk about, about that Dynasty luck. League, and I don't want to talk about it. I'm really unhappy with how it's that's too gone. Painful. Too painful. I, I, how did I lose my entire team in the span of three weeks? And when I say that, that's not hyperbole. Yeah. I could rattle it off. Like, mm-hmm. I've lost all my starters in the span of three weeks, effectively. It's... I've really never seen anything quite like it. Well, I mean, we talk about this every year, but are injuries up this year? Like, I feel it's, like they are. It always feels it like it feels is. like it. But I mean, I don't have any numbers in front of me to support either way. But it just uh, constantly feels like there is an absolute 
desolate wasteland at running back at tight end. Mm-hmm. And even depending on your league, sometimes wide receiver, but yeah. I, I think we're going to talk to Edwin about that at some point here in the next yeah, week or two. For so that's sure. definitely and I do have some numbers on that here, but not a lot, but we'll get into that in a little bit here. Uh, let's switch over to running back because that was the main news hub of the entire week. First and foremost, we'll start out with a little bit of positive news. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, both back at practice. They both seem to be on pace to be playing against the Cowboys. They listed Kamara as questionable. Seems like he's good to go. However, there is some kind of feeling in the in the room that they may want to just be overly cautious hmm. with Kamara, hold him out this week, give him another 10 days until they come back in week 14 to make sure he's 100% ready to go down the stretch. So again, if you've been without Kamara the last couple of weeks, you've already had a backup plan. You got to just keep riding that at this point. We'll see what happens if he's actually active tomorrow. He may have a limited workload, but I, I, if he's playing, you got to start him, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, Kamara's on that list of if he's playing, he's playing for you. Right. It's, there's no way you have a better option because even 75% of Alvin Kamara is an RB easily an RB2. Right. Yeah. So yeah. The 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 thing is is that if I mean you can't talk about what ifs on everything, but you sit <laughs> him and he pops off like yeah. I'll never mid- forgive myself. Yeah, you sure. never forgive yourself. I would like, I would be you can I deal, would be livid for years. You can deal with with putting him in your lineup and maybe he gets nine, maybe he gets five. But you had to play him. Yeah. You'd go out. Uh, well, and I'll put it do? this way too, because this was a main talking point for us, Neil, in the 32 and 32 series mm-hmm. in the summer. The fact that when Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback, Alvin Kamara in those games struggled. He they, was, they don't throw it to him at he all. He was a back end RB2. He wasn't involved in the passing game in any way, shape, or form. It was basically a lot of wildcat. And the numbers for Latavius Murray, that RB2 role that's currently occupied by Mark Ingram, didn't change. It was consistent across the board. It was just the numbers for Kamara dipped to a significant extent. So for me, that's my primary concern is the report that it's going to be Taysom Hill starting tomorrow. So that, I mean, Trevor Simeon's been bad that there's, there's no, there's no way around that. I know I'm absolutely shocked. I know you guys are stunned. I understand. All right. I'm just, I was saying. actually more impressed at how long it took before the wheels came off again. Me too. Cause he actually, actually got a couple quality starts in there. And that was always the problem in Denver. He looked though, competent for more that than That was always expected. the problem in Denver. You yeah. know what? He but shout out competent. Yeah. He would look competent in instances. And, 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 then... that's, and that's why he's going to get like two or three more backup quarterback contracts. And we're going to be like in like four years, we're going to be like Trevor Simeon's still in the league today. I learned yeah, when he still plays in the NFL, like, when he's the backup in Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Just random to Kellen Mond. Yeah. Yeah. To Kellen Mond. It's sure. one of those, it's one of those like, um, you know, back in the day, we used to grade uh, offensive linemen by like how many starts they had. Oh, you were an all pro because you you started every game or you started every game over the last six seasons. You're going to the Hall of Fame or something yep. like that. And like that's like almost to a T how backup quarterbacks get paid. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you made, you know, 25 starts. Who cares that you were five right. and 20 and you were horrible in every single one of those. Yeah. At least I can say that. Oh, I mean, he's our backup. At least he's got experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say what scares me the most about, and this goes back to the 32 and 32 as well. I can't prove that Sean Payton's not a crazy person. Sure. 
he 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 scared me real bad in the preseason. <laughs> and then he pulled it out at the last minute with with the, the, the giving the job to Jameis. Sanity reigned at, at the very end. But remember how close to the wire we got on that? Yeah. Where he really wanted to make Taysom Hill a thing. And I I believe that he still does. In no, his it's soul. a it's a con. It's a long con. It's a long con. That's why they signed him to that two-way oh, deal. Oh, that's really, that's the Cause, reason. Because he never, he's like, yeah, sign him to the two-way deal. I'm not going to play him at quarterback, but I'm going to, like, give the hint that I might. Right. Well, it's also, this is the only way I can keep him around. Exactly. Yeah, I can't exactly. pay him like that. Because if, if you've never actually broken down that uh, Taysom Hill deal, it's absolutely fascinating. It it's is. A, mm-hmm. It's four years. He's making $40 million guaranteed. But he could make up to ninety million on right. the deal if he started X amount of games as exactly. the starting quarterback. So I feel like that, to Mason's point, that's kind of why it has taken so long for this change to actually happen. There has to be some clause in there somewhere where he has to play certain percentage. And I feel like if they're still losing games, like you're still trying to win, obviously. But if they're still losing with Taysom Hill, they'll immediately go back to Trevor Simeon as fast right. as they possibly can. Like this will be a temporary thing because they don't want to pay him that right. money. And that's what scares me, though, mm-hmm. is what happens. And this is what scared me in the preseason. Not a, ultimately, sanity was restored and it was all what good. happens if you they're could, winning. That's what it scares me. What <laughs> happens if Taysom Hill comes in and they do just enough to win three yeah. games? Yeah. What precedent does that set moving forward? Do they retain Jameis or is it Taysom Hill's job next year? Because that will directly impact the only New Orleans Saint that anyone should really care about for fantasy, which is Alvin Kamara. Because at that point, if it's if I got the news in late August that we knew for sure in 2022 that it was 100% going to be Taysom Hill's starting job, I crater Alvin Kamara 15 spots in my running back rankings. That 100%. Day. Yeah. First outside, thing I do. Outside of the top 10, for sure. He becomes RB roughly 20. For me, 15 to 20. Yeah. Because they just are not going to throw enough passes for him to matter the way that he has mattered throughout his career. And they also, Taysom Hill is just incapable of doing anything except for running the Wildcat mm-hmm. that we've seen so far. Maybe I'm wrong yeah. about that and he can prove, prove me wrong. But from all I've seen is it's run the Wildcat. And I've just seen it. You watch him, how he runs that offense. Direct snap to Taysom Hill. Not even a thought at attempting to pass it. Mm-hmm. Just sprint at a hundred miles an hour to the hole and you hope you get lucky. I'm and trying to think of what a decent comp would be. I would, I would have to think it would be Tim Tebow, right? Like it's a, it's a player that's great at quarterback for fantasy purposes because he gives you the rushing yards. He yeah. randomly gives you receptions. I mean, he's Tim and Tebow. He, if Tim realized he was right-handed and not left-handed. Yeah, there you go. And, and so. he's, he gives you, he gives but he you can, touchdowns, he can rushing and receiving. And he can throw the ball a little bit, but not great. Yeah. Like he's not an NFL quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but for the like, gadget plays that they use him for, it works. Let's let's put it this way. You, you're in Sean Payton's shoes. Mm-hmm. You're one of the smarter coaches in the NFL. Well, supposedly. Right. Uh, on mm-hmm. on paper. <laughs> I, I the The idea I think that he has is that I'm going to hedge my own bet and take a guy that's got a good skill set, a good athleticism that I could teach how to play quarterback. Now that happens a lot in the modern NFL, especially with young quarterbacks. It doesn't quite happen with a guy like Taysom Hill where you're like, well, I'm going to play him at tight end while I wait and try to teach him how to play quarterback, which I think 
muddies the water for him there. But he's hedging his bets just in case he thinks I can teach him how to play quarterback. And then you get kind of a discount on a on a you know middle to to decent level passer because you're still not looking at a a an insane amount of money. Like if you could actually teach him how to be a reasonable signal caller, you get at the top end. You get slightly worse, Jalen Hurts. Right. All of the rushing ability with an even more erratic throwing ability. Right. And you get you get a discount on it because whatever we think of Jalen Hurts. I thought of that as well, but I just thought that wasn't fair to Jalen Hurts. Well, I was going to say. <laughs> it is a little mean. It is a little That's mean. Cool. It is. It's, it's a lot better than that. But it's relevant right. in this regard. Yeah. You'd get, a, you'd get discount Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Because Jalen Hurts, whatever we think, whatever his career is going to be in Philly, Jalen Hurts is going to get paid. Yeah, absolutely. Jalen Hurts will go start absolutely. somewhere else in all likelihood, and he's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. He'll probably get paid more well, than and, what than what Taysom will ever likely and, get. Paid. And like, and we're talking about in a in a cap sense, the Saints are back against it. They did the yeah. absolute most insane cap gymnastics to get mm-hmm. into a playable level this season. That I am, I don't know what they're supposed to do. I don't know where they pulled out money to even sign this hybrid deal for Taysom because yeah. they are literally up against it to the point that if they end up having to go this section and we're talking about what does that mean for Alvin Kamara, it probably means Alvin Kamara is not part of their plans in the future, which is a crazy thought, but is very mm, likely with how it's not that crazy given which is, right. the relative age yeah. of Alvin Kamara. Well, and they, and they just, they don't have the money. Right. And, and they're yeah. looking at, and, I think the more real thing is they don't pay Jameis next year. Yeah, that. Yeah, and then very, if you're going to have if you have Taysom Hill start a certain number of games this season and have to pay him and do it again next year, then you can't afford to have two QBs. Right. Well, and also the Michael Thomas contract comes off the books. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that'll also free up some point. money. Yeah. Uh, uh, talking about that Thursday night game, there was also some talk that uh, Zeke might sit out for some time and rest the knee injury that's been nagging him for the last few weeks. That was immediately squashed by Zeke, the team, and then Jerry Jones while he was sipping his scotch out of his human skull. Uh, no, so, if you're gonna do my joke, you got to do it right. He's I mean, drinking. Wh- he was he was skipping. He was sipping his Johnny Walker Blue out of a human skull. Out of a human okay? skull. It's I, I very, can casually add that in throughout. All right, I don't have to go into all the specifics and do no. Your but see, he's only you, drinking right? Johnny Walker Blue because anything else would make him poor. Oh right. Sorry. So he's got it. He's got to push the boat mistake. out. Yeah, my mistake. I mean, poor, I mean, blue might even be a step down for him. Probably, <laughs> to be honest. probably. Um, private, private stock. But, in, but I mean, Walker. Zeke still has looked banged up. I feel like he probably should rest. But my gut is saying that he knows he'll be Wally pipped by Tony Pollard if he actually does sit out. So I, I'm assuming he's just trying to avoid it at all. Boy, costs. Steve with the real sauce right there, because I'm not hearing anybody talk about the Wally pip thing anywhere else other than that and i've been following that and that was a a deep cut yeah no it's but it's true in this case because but you know what speaking of that i I use that term every now and a while do do people know what who wally pip was no they they know the 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 uh (laughs) they don't know the actual they know the the context they know the expression they know Mm -hmm. the expression but they don't know that that's like a real person all right here you go referencing a real situation that's not a real human being's name is it Yes. yes, Wally Pip. You, Wally you Pip want some, you want a history lesson? Here oh, you God, go. See, look, Mason doesn't do it. Know. Come on, Wall, old man. Wally Pip. Give me the history children. lesson. Wally Pip was the first baseman for the New York Yankees in the 1920s. Okay, so then one day he comes to the game, 
right? He's ready to play, and he's asking his teammates in the locker room, hey, do you guys have aspirin? Because he's got a headache, okay? Manager hears this and says, oh, he's got a headache. Let's give him the day off. So they start the backup, who was Lou Gehrig. And Lou oh. Gehrig played 2,100 consecutive games. Oh. And Wally Pipp ended up going to Cincinnati and moving on and never playing. Basically, his career was over from that day. Yeah. Not totally, but he never got back. So he to got a headache. Hey, wait. Real, couldn't real play life through question. it. And he was gone. Yeah. Have you guys ever met anybody named Wally? Yeah. I have not. No, no you I have. I work, with, I work with a Wally. That's not a real person. That's not a real human name. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a real name. That's a real, it's a real, it's a real thing. Not That's many people up. go by. You made well, that okay. story Wally, His name's happened. not actually Wally, but Wally is a nickname. It's short for, for something else, typically. Right. Like Wallace Walter. is actually Wallace. Walter, I mean, Wallace. Yeah, that's usually what you're doing. No, no, no. But they yeah, go by but Wally. I mean, nobody that goes by it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know a guy who goes by. I know yeah, a guy. 100%. I work with a guy who go who voluntarily goes by Wally. He there probably there's your history lesson, Mason. Quite a beard. You can win. A yes, bar he can. Then. He's actually Steve's neighbor. Um, not that Steve would know him, but no. he lives in Texas and he goes by Wally. And yes, he can shotgun a beer, uh, very effectively. <laughs> but there you go. There's your uh, there's your history lesson. Now you know. Thanks, boys. Yeah. I appreciate that. If saying, any, so if if 1920s first baseman for the New York Yankees ever comes <laughs> up in like a bar trivia contest, I, I was just about to say I'm going to kill the bar trivia. For you sure. are all yeah, set. But I, it's funny we bring that up because I've found that over the years, a lot of people don't realize that Wally Pip that's like a real guy. It's a real right. story, and they just think it's some expression. No, and they I've just had nod. people ask me. Yeah. Well, they just nod, but usually uh, some people, more enterprising people, would say what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to get into that story where it's like, nah, it's a real life, literal example yeah. of something. And it's funny just to go back to the Tony Pollard thing. I'm not seeing enough of that in the analysis of this whole situation where I don't think the, the industry has necessarily caught up to the idea that Tony Pollard is as good as Ezekiel Elliott at this point. Well, I mean, our, our guy, Bo has been all in on Tony Pollard. Well, that's, that, that that's, job. that's, and of well, course, uh, <laughs> You know, the nerd has been telling us Tony Pollard is the best running back in Dallas since what the beginning of last season. But he mentioned it and in there's the that chat. Guy like, in the, uh, there's that guy in um in OJ's league that drafted him second overall. Yeah. So that guy mm-hmm. he's probably yeah. all over the Pollard train for sure. <laughs> uh yes, hundred percent. But uh no, Tony Pollard is a guy that I like I've said, he was going high enough in drafts, I feel like he's got standalone value on his own. Like I mentioned it when we talked about our player props last week, Tony Pollard's gone over 70 total yards for most of his games this mm-hmm. season. He's had a big role in this offense. Regardless, he's probably a weekly flex consideration for you. Even with Zeke in the lineup, he becomes an easy top 10 guy with Zeke out of the lineup. And I thought that they would at least try to rest Zeke. I mean, they're, they're winning the division fairly easily because they don't have much competition. If I were them, I wouldn't care so much about these odds and ends games in the back end of the season and just try to secure the division, make sure my team is 100% healthy so that when I'm playing real teams in the playoffs, <laughs> I have a legitimate shot to win instead of getting blown out of the water. But, you know, what do I know? I, I don't know. That's, You're not rich enough to have input yeah, in this, Steve. Exactly. Not Jerry. I can't, like, I can't you have raise a good point. See, this is this is the way that I look at it. Um, we talk about a lot about 
contracts and paying running backs and things like this, but we don't talk enough about GMs and their egos. Mm -hmm. And Jerry has one of the biggest. And the thing is, is that GMs always want to be proven right. They want the guy they signed to live up to the deal they signed them to. Now they might play hardball when it comes time to negotiate the contract, but they want their draft picks to re-sign and sign for big money and set new records and do things like that because that looks good on them. So Jerry's a guy that when you have guys like me who sit there and go, look at what's going on. Tony Pollard can do just as much like don't pay your running backs. It's a big waste of money that go. The, Jerry doesn't like hearing guys like me say that he wants, he wants Zeke to do good. He wants Zeke to be this tough back that can take the workload and is earning this money that he's paying him. And so that's why he's sitting here and I, I'm a little upset because I picked up Tony Pollard, hoping that I could, <laughs> hoping that I could sit Zeke, because uh-huh. he was hurt, and now I'm sitting here stuck in no man's land with both of them, both active because Jerry has an ego. You hear that, Jerry? <laughs> no, but, Jerry doesn't but, listen yeah, to but, this. But but Jerry but, also nor does he get the Tony Pollard. <laughs> so wouldn't he want Tony Pollard to do well? I mean, yes, but in order for that to happen, as your ego, you have to mm-hmm. accept that you made the mistake by selling out a record deal for a running back. Yes, because you but, could have found one elsewhere. And that's all valid, but I will say I just checked it. We really only have to have this conversation one more season. Yeah. Zeke is under contract one more year, and then they have an out year. I also checked the Alvin Kamara contract, and he's got two more years before they have an out year on that. For the record, he'll be 28. Uh, by the time that happens. Right. So they've got two years to fix their cap. And by then he'll be 28. We don't even know what yeah. that'll turn into. They might let it ride. They've got, they got extension years. They same thing with Zeke, but I think at this point, yeah, it's an ego driven thing. He wants him to play. He wants him out there. I think uh, you mentioned Jerry has an ego. How many other GMs do you know that have their own radio show? Where they themselves give you updates on their Yeah, I was just about to say, and how many GMs are telling you the health status of your star running back? Yeah. Like that that everybody else is is in a confusion of maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. They're talking to the traders, the team, and maybe he plays. Then all of a sudden Jerry comes out and goes, He's playing. Yeah. Like that's not typical. So my greater point is, I think for this year, yes, this is a valid conversation. And it's frustrating to your point, Mason, that Mm -hmm. this is what's going on. Unfortunately, it's not very surprising given the right. individuals involved. And also, fortunately, we really only have to live in this world that exists this way, I think, for one more season. And then at that point, the contract thing becomes way less relevant. And at that point, if it is still Tony Pollard, man, wheels up on Tony Pollard. Is this year point. three of Tony Pollard? I believe so. I think I'm so, yeah. Because if that that's well. the case, wouldn't he also be a free agent after next season? He would be, but if they decide they're going to have to pick one or the other, I, I would feel think like, Tony yeah, you definitely Pollard pick would Pollard. be the one you, cho- you choose. He's younger, way less tread on the tires. And just the and draft also, capital. Like, yeah. he's, not a, yeah. he's not a top five pick that's going to warrant a $10 million a year contract. Yeah. He, he, da, 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 da. Yeah, he was drafted in 2019. So yeah. yes, they have one more year yeah. of Tony Pollard on the cheap. But given given how that could actually work, realistically speaking, it would still be infinitely cheaper to yeah. sign Tony 100%. Pollard to another four year deal. And then also by that point, Tony Pollard would be 29 coming out. Of, maybe it's only a three year deal, and they could give him a good chunk of change. And I don't know, it would be a tough one for Tony Pollard. Somebody would be 
needing to offer you even more money than that. And you'd have to go and learn a new system, blah, 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 blip, blip. Path of least resistance probably is just stay there. Cash right. your huge Texas paycheck. Right. And then you get to be the guy for three yep. years. 100%. The only problem, Neil, is that that's smart. They I know. Do I applied logic to a there Jerry Jones situation. Exactly. Never happened. Critical That's flaw. the hang up. Right. Yeah. So Ezekiel Elliott, six more years? Yeah. Exactly. 100%. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 90 million? million? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, 100. Okay. Yeah. Give him the 10 million signing. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to make him, yeah. you know, big quarterback. Paid running back. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey rolled his ankle. His year is officially over. Since he had his historic 2019 season, he has played a total of 10 games. That's uh, that's fairly sad. And as somebody who took Christian McCaffrey in a startup right after that 2019 season, uh, I'm I'm hurt about that. I'm I shall never. Lie. I'll never financially recover from I this. I will decision. never financially recover yeah, from this. It's over. Uh, so Chuba Hubbard, he is apparently the back to have. In the backfield, right? Right. Literally the week after I drop him for mm. taking up too much space <laughs> on my right. roster. I wouldn't feel too bad about it, Mason. Yeah. yeah. Are you Not really worried about missing that 10 from Chuba Hubbard that you were probably going to get? It's hard out here, Neil. What do you mean? I had to play Ty it's Johnson these last streets. week. Oh, yeah. I had to okay. Ty oh, you're going to lecture me after last week about it's hard out here <laughs> when I'm when I got yelled at effectively for trying to recommend Cedric Wilson mm -hmm. and people are like, I bet at. you have better options. And then Cedric Wilson <laughs> goes over a hundred yards. Yeah. It you think I forgot about that? Didn't you eat it? I was Eat hoping it. that he wasn't going to say anything. Everybody. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. That, I'm did. not that big of a man. I'm not that big of a man. Mason. No, no, no. Uh, I'm certainly petty enough to bring this up on. The yeah. Internet. I was going to say uh, Neil wears petty. Well, yeah. Oh, very well. I learned from the best with my co-host over the Look, years. I got to uh, tell you, he went for over a hundred. He had a great game. I still wanted to start him. Didn't so, hey, I, I knew <laughs> I knew the results, and I just didn't care. Wouldn't, the, wouldn't have trusted it. The that's just that's just now I'm just flagrantly off base. But I'm just saying, <laughs> Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Just to finish that, I I'm not I'm not overly excited about it. it just I mean, rest of season is like, he top twenty four? Is he an RB two at least? It's like borderline for me. He's he's got to be he, there, right? He's I like twenty four because it's such is. a wasteland. Yeah. He's got to yeah. be in the conversation. And there's a possibility. Granted, it's a small possibility, but a possibility that because the Panthers are on the bye week this week, that Chuba Hubbard could somehow be available in your league. So if someone has Chuba still out there, or maybe your trade deadline hasn't hit yet, and you feel like you could get him relatively cheap because somebody needs to win a game, and Chuba being on the bye doesn't help them. Maybe you could get a, a deal done to get a guy who should be a back-end RB2 at least. Certainly flex yeah. consideration at worst. Well, and you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Chuba Hubbard needs to be their running back going forward. I understand that he's not anywhere near as good as Christian McCaffrey, and I say this as a big Christian McCaffrey fan. He's the, he's the pride of my hometown. He went to Valor High School right down the street from where I went to high school, watched the kid play. He's the pride of our hometown. He needs to go be playing slot receiver if he wants to continue on playing in the NFL. He does not have the body to take the wear and tear. And I know that we're a we're a site and I completely agree. We're a site that largely believes that injury history or in that injury prone is a is a myth. And I completely right. agree. But my lord, I cannot for the life of me continue to trust my first round draft picks into a back like Christian McCaffrey, knowing he's gonna miss portions of time constantly 
not be able to stay on the field. It's just tough to really trust that type of draft yeah. capital with that type of player. He's going to be a tough one to rag for next year. I will yeah. say Well, that. here's what I would say, too, is I, I don't think – I wouldn't go as far as you're going and saying that Chuba should be the guy going forward. What I would say is they cannot put the 2019 workload on him like they've been trying to do. That's the main Absolutely. issue. That's the primary problem here is that the first – what was it? Week one, he had 30 total touches. Week two, yeah, he had 29. Get, and then he gets, you know, crushed. You're going to get somebody in killed. week three. And then he comes back, and all of a sudden they've eased off. He's still around 20 touches a game for three games in a row. And he gets hurt again, rolls the ankle in week 12. It, you had 30 plus touches a game in that 2019 season when he was dominating touching the ball and was a huge focal point of their offense. He was the only guy. But remember, before Christian McCaffrey existed, remember the headache and nightmare that the backfield was in Carolina with D'Angelo Williams mm. and Jonathan Stewart, mm. the two-headed monster. There is enough of that offense that you can support two running backs in that system. I, I feel like Christian McCaffrey could very easily be the pass-catching back and the third-down guy Stop using him between the tackles. Stop having him run into 300-pound linemen. Let Chuba Hubbard do that. Let him be the bowling ball that rolls its way between the 20s and give the passing downs and give the red zone work to Christian McCaffrey. Limited sample, but I think that's kind of what the idea was with Mike Davis and when CMC and him were both healthy for that brief window in time was, hey, Mike Davis, we don't right. value you. Run directly run into that into large man. Yeah. yeah, run directly into that car crash. Christian? You're coming out of the game. Yeah. You're not doing that. Yeah. You're going to go sit here and have some blue. And then we're going to have, we're just going to destroy Mike Davis's body. Yeah. And, and it got to a point where it's like, yeah, that's ultimately what happened. He's never really been the same yeah. since he had to, Christian McCaffrey 100%. eventually gets hurt. Mike Davis has to assume the load. Mike Davis right. has never been the same since then. And it's just the nature of running back. How many car crashes can you be in before something finally permanently goes wrong? Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just not 100%. doable. So but it's what's, what's crazy is, I don't see how they don't understand this. That's what right. concerns me is that this, I feel like this is kind of obvious. Well, it isn't even this guy. Like, because like you said for next year, I don't even know. That's another like deeper discussion we should have later. Uh, well, in December that'll be, I was gonna say, that'll be a wrap up type. Of but I don't, how do you rank him? I, I'm not even concerned about how you rank him. I'm concerned about how do I project that backfield? Mm -hmm. Because what I believe should happen is you should be giving at least 40% of the snaps to someone that isn't Christian McCaffrey, whether that's Chuba or they bring in somebody because they don't believe he can handle it. Royce Freeman. Bring him yeah, back. We thought that too. And that's, that obviously didn't work out. Um, but, but let's move on from the Panthers for now. Uh, Dalvin cook has a shoulder joint injury. He could theoretically play through it. They're calling him day to day, but our guy, Edwin Porras says that the best case scenario here really should be two to four weeks. The Vikings are hoping that they can have him back for a potential playoff run because the NFC is so bad that Minnesota is still basically a playoff team at this point. So, we're looking at about a month, maybe, without Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madison, where where are we at? Top 20, top 10, uh, top 15? How high is he real number? Yes, 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 yes. He's nine. Yes to this, all of it. Nine for this week for me in my running back rankings. And I agree. Yep. 
I, right I think now that, he's RB9 in the ECR as well. Yeah. I think that when we look at Alexander Madison, we look at one of the only backs that carries actual value as, like, I, I thoroughly do not believe in drafting handcuffs and redraft. I think mm-hmm. that you're better off taking somebody else's handcuff and, and gouging them for it, if that's really yeah. your, your direction you want to go. Right. We call but, that the Jack Kavanaugh special. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Jack is slick. That's why he's got that mustache. <laughs> That's right. um, so <laughs> it curls at the end and yeah. Yeah, so, uh, pure evil yeah that's uh-huh. the sign of like you got the curl mustache right. that yeah you, you, you don't <laughs> you don't want to encounter him near train tracks it's yeah. real yeah it's real, real bad rough situation so, so yeah that's so that's exactly where i said i think that uh, in the vikings are one of those teams that from a schematic standpoint when madison comes in the game their offense doesn't change all that much now madison shows that like there is a level of difference between um, backs that is is not to the point that running backs all in all do not matter because at the top end, they can be better than a replacement level back. But Alexander Madison shows us that your offense can continue to effectively run with a you know, insert name back. And Alexander Madison happens to be one of the better backs. That's why I think I'm so excited about it because I think he carries value on a lot of offenses and he could start in a number of offenses possibly, but in the one that he's going into, they're going to step in seamlessly and use him just like they do Dalvin or not, maybe not just like, but very, very similarly. Uh, So Madison for sure. Oh yeah. See, he knows. He knows how great it is. A great mustache, is. Jack. You don't hear it enough, Jack. Your mustache <laughs> is beautiful. Keep going. And so, in addition to Madison, is there any interest in maybe stashing or picking up Ken A. Wangu? Not on my end. Not really. I, I mean, he's going to get snaps. He's going to he's going to have some involvement in the I, offense. I acknowledge this, but it's this is kind of a short term thing. It sounds like you're talking about getting ready to try and work something out for getting ready to run up to your fantasy playoffs. I'd have to be really desperate. Well, I to mean, me, it's you, a name you, you flag okay. for, for emergency, you mm-hmm. know, in case something goes wrong, maybe that's a name you look at. See, but. that's what I'm thinking of too, because they're really trying to make this playoff push. Honestly, if they feel like he could play through it, I feel like you would have Dalvin cook back as soon as possible. However, let's say, for example, hypothetically speaking, Dalvin Cook is out two to four weeks. They feel like they want to just preserve him, hope they make a playoff run. Alexander Madison is the guy. He goes down. Mm. It, at that mm. point, yeah. is Ken Wangu yeah. somebody who's in the top 24, top 30? Mm. Flex consideration back in 30 for sure. Y- yeah. Because yeah. anybody who starts top 30, even like Jermar Jefferson, like let's say Jamal Williams went down, right? Mm-hmm. We'll get there, I'm sure. But just to, for foreshadowing purposes, let's say same question for Jermar yeah. Jefferson. Would Jermar Jefferson, if he had the whole job, effectively be top 30? Yeah, he would be because it's just a volume game. And that's what running back is right now at this point because you're talking about the back end of RB2 is like Devonta Freeman. Right. Gross. Yeah. Like it it gets ugly in a hurry. Yeah. And what if you need to go all the way to 30, you're talking about like, Alex Collins, who's been utterly mm-hmm. useless. So if you're telling me my choice is Alex Collins, who has done nothing or yeah. the opportunity that maybe Wangu or Jefferson could do something, I'll take the latter every time. Sure. And that's what's 
it's just a little bit confusing to me. I think that's the name that you need to know when I feel like that's a guy that you can very easily stash because like right now, I know it's talking about like start sits and it's current rankings, but Ken A. Wangu for this week specifically in the ECR right now is sitting at 57. He's sitting behind guys like Jarrett Patterson, who is the rookie backup to Antonio Gibson yeah. with J.D. McKissick out with a concussion. He's sitting behind guys like Eno Benjamin, our guy Kenny Gainwell, who's been a healthy scratch, uh, Carlos Hyde. Kyle Juszczyk. I, mean, I would take Ken Wangu over all of those guys because he has that ceiling of something happens to Madison, all yeah. of a sudden he is the back and... He has, I mean, he's shown it on punt and kick returns. He's got explosive play, big play ability. You want to know what's funny is in the ECR, they have him literally right next to Jermar Jefferson, and I was not looking at that when I, when I <laughs> went there. Yeah, you were. literally right yeah. next to him. Yeah, you were. He knew it. He oh, knew yeah. It. That's right. I'm that professional. See, and I, I, I agree. I, I, agree. Well, I mean, so you, you already kind of alluded to it there. We'll 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 move on. Or run Hold on, Mason, do you want to finish your thought there real no, quick? No, no, no. I was just going to say I agree there. I think the upside is huge, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're talking about guys like Alex Collins. Like, uh, I mean, I had somebody trade for Alex Collins in a league yeah. a couple weeks ago. So I mean, it's my, like it, it's hard out there at running back. It's so not I mean, even any being, advantage you can get. Go for it. <laughs> go for it. It's Shout not even him. being completely desperate yourself. For me, it's always if I have a deep enough bench and I have guys on my bench who aren't doing anything and have no path to productivity, I'd rather drop them or a backup defense or a backup kicker. Right. Or if we're Ooh, we past- can do that, we can do the we can do the useless Sammy Watkins. Go, we'll go around the horn. Yeah, I cut Sammy Watkins. 100%. Uh, we can go around the horn on Robbie Anderson. Keep going. This is I my got, favorite. I got plenty of these. This is my favorite part of the show every week for sure. But the, we're the, at the uh, <laughs> we're at the point in the season where we're week thirteen. You've got this week. And then next week with buys, if your quarterback has already had their buy, you can cut your backup quarterback and pick up Ken A. Wangu. Give some, get a lottery ticket on your bench yeah. that could win you a championship that, that isn't going to happen with a backup defense or a number two kicker. Why, why do you care in two kickers? Yeah, you, you don't, don't need, need that anymore that. now that we're getting to the end of the buys. Yeah. We only have like one more week of buys. Not counting, not counting this week, we have one more week of buys, right. I believe. Correct. Uh, DeAndre Swift sprained his AC joint on the Thanksgiving game report is he could miss multiple weeks while the Lions are going to be cautious for the franchise player. How high does this move Jamal Williams up the list for you? To me, it's top 10. Yeah, he does everything. I mean, he was a borderline top 15, top 20 guy for a couple of weeks when they were both playing. Mm -hmm. So they have, and they have nothing else. Yeah. They have nothing else. It just proves that we live in the alternate universe. And there's another universe, which is the regular one, where DeAndre Swift did all the normal things and and the Jamal Williams pickup was just nothing like it was yeah. supposed to be. But mm. it's not. We live in the alternate universe. Why do and... you hate Jamal Williams so much? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I actually think he's hilarious. And I'm glad that we live in this alternate universe where yeah. he came about because I love hearing his quotes. They're hilarious. 100%. But the, uh, the, the guy can do things. And we've seen that. So I'm, I would definitely be excited about him moving forward. Now, what can, what hurts me here is that what they've done with DeAndre Swift throughout the season by making him questionable, they talk about it on the Friday show every single week that it's a running joke that DeAndre Swift was questionable every single practice and ended up playing without any, you know, limited nature. And so that's what worries me moving forward is that I can't trust their staff to accurately display 
to me his health and status moving forward. So no, like, and even if you could, I don't trust it right now, especially because right. of how they're describing the injury. So let's just talk short term, long term, right? For a second. Yeah. Short term, this immediate week, I don't see how there's any chance you could realistically be starting DeAndre Swift. I right. think it's Jamal Williams' job for this week, yep. and then he'll be spelled by Jermar Jefferson, who I mentioned a moment ago. Right. Who weirdly, just as an aside, Jermar Jefferson is not terrible. No, we, we so talked like about a, him on yeah. the NFL draft show. Yeah, for yeah. like a seventh round pick, guy's got guy's got some skills. So he's he's not bad. Um, I to your point about the franchise player, I think in this case they probably will. They're not playing for anything. Mm-hmm. They know that. They're they know this. So it's like, why would I risk sending DeAndre Swift back out there, who in reality is my entire he's my best offensive player. It is not close. He's the only thing on that See, offense. That but again, you're applying logic to the line. To Dan Campbell. Yeah, you can't apply yeah. logic to Dan Campbell. Because to what, to what Mason just said, he has been listed as questionable every single week up to this point and has still played through. Yeah, but I think he's a little at, more hurt now. than Yeah, at, than, he, at any point in time, they could have sat him out and would have been justified, and they didn't. So yeah. now they actually have to sit him out. What I like as a manager of DeAndre Swift, I believe he misses this week. I believe he probably also misses next week as right. well. The injury happened on Thanksgiving. So effectively, he's getting two and a half weeks. He's basically getting three full like game weeks to get himself right, come back healthy. And I think for your fantasy playoffs, he should be there and you should be fine. Hopefully you were able to get Jamal Williams as that handcuff, but I mean. The best laid plans. We've talked about the fact that running backs a barren wasteland. And 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 just to add another point, the Lions still have zero wins. Now, we can all say that in the grand scheme of things, playing for a single win means absolutely nothing. But they already have them, a tie. They're not going to go. I think it's hilarious defeated. that they have a tie too. By the way, <laughs> I, I think that they're going to go more 16 and one. They'll be fine <laughs> with that. Further proof fine. that we're yeah, the. It's like, hey, we got a tie. It counts. That's but half a win. You know, I don't see a guy like Dan Campbell if he has the opportunity. Yeah. To sit him. You know yeah, what I mean? Not, like they're, they're not going to sit him for the season. I never said yeah. that I thought he was done for the season. I'm well, just no, saying no, no, no. I'm just this saying, week yeah, and for yeah, next no, no, no. week. I'm just saying like, that in a, in a general, general sense him. that their that their their hopes are probably to get him back, even if it makes no sense. And if you know wiser people were in charge of that, they would be sitting him for effectively longer than right. they're they mothball to. him for the season at this exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. If you had yes. if you had different people running that organization he'd be already on ir and, and we and we hear this. about their we hear about their ineptitude all the time with on jack's show with uh jerry ball they jerry shares constantly about how the team you know they have this pride and they should but they don't always make the wisest decisions for their players and for their franchise and it and it shows constantly and this yeah. is kind of one of those things where that you know, we're talking about a, my, a, a relatively minor injury for DeAndre Swift, but these type of things flare up and become worse over time. And, and who knows exactly where we sit in three weeks or four right. weeks or six weeks or in a year from now or whatever the case may be. Yeah. To your point, nobody wants to go over. You don't want to be the Cleveland Browns. Right. And, and Dan Campbell. Or, I mean, the Lions again. As the guy yeah, who uh, who would want to go out with a win and get as many wins as possible. If his team is healthy, he's going to play him. So uh, I think uh, right. two weeks for me is my estimation. We'll see what happens. To, like you, to your and point, for, I don't, I'm not worried about not having him for the fantasy playoffs yeah. at this point. And, and for what I it's two worth, quick hitters, we'll get sure. there real quick. 
Yeah, go ahead. All right, Michael Carter, high ankle sprain. That happened before our show last week, but we just talked about the Thanksgiving games, so we really didn't get to touch on it. He's on IR. He's going to miss the next three to four games. Um, Is there anybody, we already talked about, anybody worth having on New York? Not really. Not until they know that Zach Wilson's not playing. If if it's any quarterback yeah. other than Zach Wilson, sure. Well, Neil, I'd still maybe you talk. Like, we talked a little bit about this earlier. So, Neil, what do you yeah. think? Tevin Coleman. I'll take a flyer on Tevin Coleman as a flex level running back. He had a ten last week. Mm-hmm. I understand that the uh, the Zach Wilson thing is troubling because when he's in there, that whole offense hits utter rock bottom. Yeah. But if there's anything you said, is there anyone worth having? I would take a shot on Tevin Coleman just based on the idea that at this point he's in that committee. He'll get some level of running work and uh, maybe he can fall into the end zone for you. And bonus, it costs you nothing to roster Tevin Coleman. Right. And I will say this is only good for two more weeks on Tevin Coleman. Yeah. You get it's a, it's a bandaid. So if you need a bandaid, Tevin Coleman is a pretty good bandaid. It's literally the only thing I'm interested in though. Well, to me, at at this point, I think it's also interesting. If you can, if somebody's like a contender or something looking to acquire Michael Carter and you've got him, this may be an interesting sell opportunity. Oh, yeah. uh, To get rid of him. Because as I've said several times over, Michael Carter's best numbers, just like Elijah Moore, their best numbers offensively all season long have been when Zach Wilson is not playing. So if by the time Michael Carter gets back, Zach Wilson is still the quarterback, I don't want Michael Carter in my starting lineup. And I feel like he's going to burn anybody that plays him in that scenario. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we are still, for whatever reason, obligated to mention Miles Sanders. I guess he's still in the league. Uh, so, But he did aggravate his ankle injury. There are, There's a subset of people out there that still believe Miles Sanders is a running back. I don't know why. Um, I'm sorry. I, I just had to self-censor something so hard that it short-circuited my brain. Because you know what it is. I think I was working on what like, came out of my face. I the NFL is all about <laughs> inclusion. There must be like an NFL Braille available, like box scores, so you can't actually see Miles Sanders play. So I was I was about to make why. a very political comment, which I know is not welcome <laughs> on this show, and it would have got us in trouble. <laughs> I had to stop it. Braille and, box uh, scores. That's I almost the only I almost explanation half for Miles Sanders still having a following. Um, but he aggravated the ankle injury again. I still believe it's worth stashing Jordan Howard on the back Great. end of your roster. Again, same deal. Like he cannot stay healthy. They will not give the ball to Kenny Gainwell, hashtag fire Sirianni. So I just they keep giving Jordan Howard work when Miles Sanders isn't in there. I don't know, whatever. Look, it's, Jordan Howard's been decent with the if you're desperate at running given. back, well, it'll do it, something for you. It's the same thing as Tevin Coleman. I don't really believe in it, but it keeps happening. Right. And there's an opportunity there. And that's how bad running back is right now. Yeah. All right. So speaking of running back, this is we'll get to the meat and potatoes of the conversations. This is what I had here. So as much as I don't want to buy in to the noise that we have to listen to all offseason, is there some credence to zero RB? Does it still make sense to aim for a running back early in your redraft leagues? Because Top 10 running backs in ADP coming into this season combined to this point have missed 22 games. So average of two games missed. And that includes guys like Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry who will miss the rest of the season. So it'll be a minimum 
of three games per player that they have missed. So when you look at guys who have played a minimum of nine games so far, top 10, you have five of the preseason top 10 are still ranked in the top 10. Zeke, Austin Eckler, and Jonathan Taylor have not missed a game yet and are still in the top 10. Nick Chubb is ninth. Dalvin Cook, who we've talked about, is currently 10th. You've got Najee Harris, who was RB11 in ADP. Joe Mixon was RB13. DeAndre Swift, who again was RB18, and on ESPN was going behind Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. I, I want to thank them for that, though, ultimately, because we've, what we've were whined doing? about that all offseason. And I want to just say thank you, ESPN, because it allowed me mm-hmm. to have so many shares of DeAndre Swift right? for this year. It yeah. was great. If you want to do that with other players I like in future years, mm-hmm. help me out, man. That's yeah. fantastic. Find uh, a way to get Jalen Waddle's ADP down for me. That'd be fantastic, too. Do I, I send friends and family their rankings so that I can <laughs> get a leg up. I'm not kidding. Ooh, I like it. That's underhanded. Uh, the current RB6 is Leonard Fournette, who is RB32 in the preseason. My best ball teams Lom- are loving that. Yeah. Lombardi Lenny. Yes. And, uh, of course, Cordero Patterson was RB88. Just like we ADP. all had it. And is RB4 currently. <laughs> we all had this. I have to eat so much crow because I had a I had a buddy trade uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for Kittle on IR and Cordero mm-hmm. Patterson. And oh, even though wow. Cordero was like doing good, I was like, dude, come on. Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you doing? You're, you're killing us out here. I have to play him this week. And, you know, Hop has been effectively hurt since that point. Is that guy and- from the future? He, I really like, think he is, and I've is had to like eat so trailer? much crow about it. He goes, "You do this for a living?" I'm like, "Nope, I don't. No, don't worry about it." No, Mason. I will say I've been making this joke to Steve because Steve's been we've been doing this forever, and I will say I've, I've the joke I've been making is I've never been more right about something nine years later. Yeah, with Corderell <laughs> Patterson on a nine, I have missed it by nine years. I had it so close, so yeah. close. Well, again, my my greater point here is you have guys like who are still going around that area, like Antonio Gibson, uh, CEH. Remember, this was supposed to be the resurgence year for CEH. Well, no, it wasn't. But that's what uh, I David to Montgomery, age. Chris Carson, whose career is basically over. James Robinson, who leapfrogged all the way up to the top because of the injuries that happened there. And then. You've got uh, Swift at 18, Jacobs, Miles Sanders. That rounds out the top 20. I think, if anything, it's more of draft your guys, draft the guys you believe in. Like, uh, again, there was no scenario where we were going to let DeAndre Swift get out of the third round. That was never going to happen. That was never going to happen in any draft we were in, and it didn't, and it paid off. The same thing was with Joe Mixon. We had him projected as a top 10 guy, and that's cashed so far. Uh, Najee Harris was another one. Uh, we hit on Jonathan Taylor, but like Saquon I was recommending Barkley. Austin Eckler early. That's been good to this yeah. point. This but like season, Saquon Barkley so. struggled with injuries. And at this point, I don't know where to rank Saquon Barkley anymore. Aaron Jones has only missed one game. Like I would love to blame Aaron Jones season on him being out for an extended period of time, but he's only missed one game and he's barely in the top 20. You got to blame LaFleur. We always do. He literally has the same points per game right now as Elijah Mitchell. It's 
it's oh, he's they're both in the top stat. 20 but one of those guys you could have for free that was, that was, that's an unhappy stat uh, but well, elijah mitchell is like the james robinson thing right like that's uh james connor thing. ended up being the running back in arizona he's ahead of all those guys daryl henderson is borderline he's right now he's number 11 hmm. in in points per game well, and he so was a guy going was, outside the top 20 and your question was so are we going to put more credence into to zero running back moving forward mm-hmm. and as a person who did zero running back heavily this year i could tell you that it was a big worry early on and it did yeah. reinforce the fact that that waiting on running back did hurt me but throughout the season it has put me in a much better position for guys yeah. that i drafted relatively early whether it be stefan diggs or whether it be Devontae Adams, or whether whoever it may have been, Cooper Cup, whoever it may have been, in those mm-hmm. you know at back half of the first round, maybe you're double tapping wide receiver. It seems like right. a really good idea, and I loved the idea, but it it was scary and it did hurt me. And it makes sure that you have to be very active to catch these falling knives that are the running back waiver wire. So right, so. Yes, you can. I think it carries value in a, in yeah. a long-term sense. I think it does because we love to talk about these back-end wide receivers carrying a lot of value. Yes, they do. But then when the games fly, Stephon Diggs is still getting these targets. Right. It's still the guys that we know. It's still the guys that we, we pegged as being very highly projected. And I think that that I think it maybe gives it a little more credence, but I don't think it necessarily completely is like if you're going to cherry pick examples at me to yeah. make your argument though i then, am because i can how, do that and i can do that in reverse what if you, that's how arguments don't you listen work. to if my you show out well no so i'm in and out i, I, just, I actually just download it i don't listen uh all you want is my clip. I, I was just going to say the same thing because i've seen people out there bragging about oh look at like the whole argument that i've gotten against zero rb is it can literally never win it can literally never work look at my team and his team is Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. and he's got Debo, and he's got basically all guys that he hit on first five picks were all right. caches yeah. at wide receiver. And then he got a couple of running backs either off the waiver or he got like Leonard Fournette, and it cashed into a top five, top 10 That's right. PPR running back. You, like it can work. Any strategy can work if you pick if you 100% right. of the correct players. Yeah, exactly, right. which yeah. is right, right, really right. hard to do. That's always the problem, no matter what your overarching right. strategy is. And, I could make that argument back to you. You drafted Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins. And, oh, I did uh, that too. You I drafted, did that one too. No, yeah. you went zero <laughs> RB you and your first three yeah, picks were I know Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, and Robert Woods. Exactly. Like the, those were the three guys you started with, and you went zero RB. Like you're a two win team right now. Yeah, your, your season's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like absolutely. it's, it's all about just. It's that's why it's so difficult to predict these injuries and things yeah. like that, and we don't exactly. necessarily know who's going to struggle. It's just it's, and then like Amari Cooper would be another one right. who yeah. like all over the place and then gets COVID and misses a bunch of games, and it's just like that would also kill you. Yeah. So there's a lot of different. My money was on that being Kirk. Right. But. My money was Cole on that Beasley. Cole Beasley. Yeah, yeah Beasley too. <laughs> there we go. Um, the, the, uh, but to me, like anything like that, zero RB, zero wide receiver, anything with zero in it doesn't make any kind of sense to me. To me, it's all about balance. It's sure. giving yourself yeah. options and avenues. 
Because mm-hmm. if you've got, for example, you had Christian McCaffrey and then you got DeAndre Swift later. Well, you had a good one-two punch. Now you no longer have McCaffrey, but you still have Swift. You still have a running back when you need to play two a week. If you go all wide receiver at the beginning and a couple of them go down, yeah, you still have depth and options, but you're weak at running back and you're weak at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Now you've got two holes to fill instead of one. Whereas if you just make yourself balanced across the board, you can get better. You can make trades to get better. You can work the waiver wire just like those zero RB guys and cash. But you you have to have the base to begin with. This is why I don't, I always tell people, you don't pick a strategy and go into your draft saying, I am going to do this strategy. Sure. That almost never works. Yeah. What you do is you be fluid and you go in and if wherever possible, you let the draft happen and then you react to what other people do. Yep. That's the way to have sustained success at this. Yeah. If you do that, let other people make the decisions for you to a certain extent. Not like you have no input. But just be fluid. If yeah. if the if don't reach on stuff and for the love of God, use rankings for your draft. If you're actually right. like using with tiers, for the love of God, yes. even if you put the tiers on yourself, draw it on there with a pen. I know I sound a hundred like if somebody would actually yeah. print off paper, but highlight it on your spreadsheet that you're using or whatever it is you're using so that you don't accidentally do something dumb where you suddenly reach for something because that's the most common mistake we always talk about. Right. Somebody sees right. something, they see a run on a position and they go, oh, I got to get one before it's all gone. And there are times when that can happen, but that's actually a lot more rare than I think what people give, yeah. it, give, give it credit. I'd almost yeah. rather wait, take something else, drop a tier at a position if I have to. And frankly, moving forward with tight end, just wait until the end. Like if you yeah. can't get like Travis Kelsey, I'm done. I'll throw right. it around in the garden. But even then, I don't want to spend a first round pick. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't care so how like, good he is. I'm, I'm pretty much just done for next year. That's, right, more, yeah. that's, the, that's the lesson from this year for me. It's like, and, and, we had, go ahead. Sorry. I was like, we had the big three. And at this point, I'm like, nah, it's not even relevant anymore. It's just, yeah. it's just don't draft a tight end. Right. Wait yeah. until the end. And when, yes. and when we're talking about like draft and, and it comes off that I was like super positive zero, zero running back, but I, I, I want to, I want to get across that my very first five, six weeks were nerve wracking. I'm starting guys like Jamal Williams at running back. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Javante Williams gets carries. Like I'm a mess. Ooh, I'm that's a scary at the beginning so, of the year. Yeah. Exactly. So just don't like, like we're talking about, you want to, move into your values because people are going to make those mistakes, let them make them and you pick up the pieces. And that's how you win fantasy championships because pieces fall into your lap that never should have been there. And then people sit there and look at your team and go, how did we let Neil get another great team this year? All your friends and family are kicking themselves and that's how it right. works. Yep. hundred percent. And yeah, I'm Neil. I'm with you on the tight ends as well. Like at this point, because you look at it right now, as we stand, you've got Travis Kelsey still number one. It's only by a point, and I say only a point. But and that's with the buys and all that nonsense. Well, that's per game. Per game. per game, okay, okay, yeah. that makes so sense. He's he's one point ahead of Mark Andrews, and those it. were two guys that you had to pay up in order to get. Right now, Gronk is three full points ahead of Darren Waller, who was the next guy going off the board. That's right. He has the same, uh, Waller has the same amount of points per game as Dawson Knox, who was going undrafted. He's got one point per game more than TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle. 
Yeah. And then you've got Dalton Schultz, who is averaging right now as many points as George Kittle. And Dalton Schultz was a total afterthought. We were arguing yep. all offseason about Dalton Schultz versus Blake Jarwin, for God's yep. sake. Like uh, you've got this, you've got a point and a half difference between Dalton Schultz and Kyle Pitts. Who where's is Pat the number Fryer four guy this? getting pulled off the board? Uh, Fryer is down. Call, with Hunter Henry. Are you trying to call Jason into the chat? Like, yes. You, keep, yeah, you, yeah, can't, you can't say you, you keep can't say Buzz players. He's gonna. Yeah, you can't say Look, I, I will say this: We have given Jason. We've worked with Jason for years. I have given Jason so much Garbage. expletive. Uh, yeah, over over what his opinions are over the years. We all have. Because when he misses, he misses big. This year, however, I can't. I don't know what he's tapped into, what section of the universe he's occupying at this point. But he has hit at an alarming rate. for for but Not just for him. I mean, like, in general. Like, yeah. he's punching above his weight class Absolutely. for anybody at this point. Because he has just been cashing left, right, and center. And at this point, I can't mock his buzz players like I've liked to do in other years when he's trying to tell me that Brandon Cooks will be like a top five wide receiver. Okay, he missed that one. But all the other ones that he's been trying to pound the table for, he's been right on. So I but can't really argue. But that was still impressive how long Brandon Cooks it lasted. for a while. A, I know. He very, held that a lot I was actually just thinking about that. He's 28 right now. He's our he's wide receiver 28. So anybody yeah, in the so, fantasy But he was like the that, one saying that uh, that – uh, Corderell Patterson was going to be the starting running back for Atlanta. Nobody yeah. bought that. And nobody then, bought it. Here, nobody. Here nobody. Are. And then, yeah, I, I, we all, I all said, we, I told him a million times, Pat Fryermith is a 2022 fantasy thing to talk about. Nope. Mm -hmm. Wrong about that too. Nope. Yeah. Took half a season. I, I can't believe how quickly Pat Fryermith has, uh, has ran. Yeah, Ebron's on E uh, on uh, IR and he hasn't done anything anyway. So it doesn't yeah, matter. So it's just like, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't mock Jason. Uh, yeah. uh, we can't do our normal show. Frankly, <laughs> I know it's very sad and disappointing, but um, yeah, but you're right. Like it's, it's a wasteland at tight end. Where was Fryermith though? Real quick. Where was, in, uh, I think right now he's at 16, but okay. it depends on I'm if just you want to look at it. Like I would say it's more fair to look at him from a recent. That's what I would do. I would actually go after the buy. So it's like from week seven on or something so is what I would do. See. When did he start? It was the game before the buy. He had his first good game. Uh, no, he actually had a seven in week two and an 11 okay. in week three. Okay. It's not and then he had a couple of stinkers. Yeah, yeah. But he's actually been fairly consistent after he had a, a rough opening game. But let's say, like you're talking about, since the bye in week seven. So from week eight on, uh, Pat Fryermith on a points per game basis, Pat Fryermith is tight end three right behind Kelsey and Andrews. He's a half waiver, a point ahead wire. of George Kittle off the waiver wire. That's a right. bad example to a certain extent, but, but uh, I mean like Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz is a guy that was left for dead. You could have for free at the end of your drafts right now. He's a top five tight end Dawson Knox, same deal undrafted. Hunter Gronk Henry was, was in the top in the 10, 10 despite round. the fact that he doesn't do anything. Uh, he just catches yeah. a two yard touchdown in every game. Right. And if he doesn't catch a touchdown though, he's useless. Like, yeah, but he caught guys. five in a row. So it doesn't matter because that's all it takes to get in the top 10 at tight end. Right, but uh, let's see. What are these? All it takes to get the top. Uh, five Jack Doyle, Tyler Conklin, Cole Komet. These are all guys that have had decent weeks, top ten games for tight end that you paid nothing for, and paying up for a tight end did nothing for you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm on that, the same page with you. I there. think that when we look no, at tight end, too, you have to you have to um, 
figure in schemes more than other teams because some mm-hmm. teams just absolutely refuse to use tight end. And yep. and something like that is why you get a guy like Hunter Henry. Like you you might have been able to pro- project something like that because that offense is obviously going to highlight a tight end when they've you know invested so much into it and they've yeah. been known to do it in the past. So the hard so, part about that is the fact that they got two in one offseason right John to win there. That was and the hard part. I think ex- especially with us, I mean we're all very high on Johnu. So it's like yeah. it was Steve has a whole closet full of Johnu Smith tight Yeah, you don't want to open this like, door over here. Like yeah, it's like insane. It's a little disturbing, but well, the shrine is also what's disturbing. Don't worry it's, about it. It's fine. You ever seen Hey Arnold? This is like, it's a lot like that. It's a lot <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, just don't move those coats. It's yeah, like, don't, no, yeah, don't yeah. dig too deep into that. So, yeah, I agree, though. But that was just the main thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that, you know, the argument we're going to get from this offseason is basically the top 10 guys in ADP drafted missed at least – on average, three games, at least. Because again, that doesn't include Dalvin Cook potentially missing time here. That doesn't include Kamara missing this week and maybe more. That doesn't include if Zeke actually does go down with this knee injury that's been bothering him. Like These are all guys who have had at least a couple of games they have missed. So is it worth it to use a first-round pick on a running back? And I still believe yes. Because when you look at guys like Derrick Henry, who are still going borderline top four, sometimes outside of the top five in some scenarios because people kept thinking Derrick Henry was dead. Uh, Guys like Kamara kept falling off the board. And again, we talked about guys like Swift who were just getting faded for no apparent reason. (laughs) Um, You have to take those chances later in the draft and you have to take an elite guy at the top end. You have to build your roster around it. It's just trying to identify him. I think the biggest thing for me is it's not so much about the position. It's more just about the player, the player. Yes. But what I was actually going to say is draft position more. The longer we do this, and we've been doing this for like 15 years. We just only been recording it for five. The, the thing that I've been noticing more and more, the longer this goes, I really just hate picking in the top, the top part of it. I would much rather just pick at 12 in every draft we do. I'd bookend it and I'll let everybody else make their decisions and I'll adjust to that. Yeah. I would much rather live my life that way. I do not like picking one anymore because you just don't know. And it's, it's too long of a gap from when yeah. you pick at one. Cause if you, well, like you're not picking at one, you're not picking at one. The expert is picking at one. The consensus is picking at one. You're not yeah. picking at right. one. Right. Exactly. You're going to get clowned by your league and your friends and your family. If you're, if you're going off script there and well, that's where your... go ahead. Good. To, to your point, Neil, what you were saying, the when you have that top tier pick, like the best strategy you can have when you go into it isn't a set zero RB, zero wide receiver, whatever. It's to be water. It's be fluid. It's it's be able to adjust on the fly. Let the draft come to you. The draft can't come to you if you're number one. There's nowhere like, to go. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's why I don't like being one, two, three, four. I don't like setting the pace. I can't. Everybody like, else if I take if I take Christian McCaffrey number one. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the first and second round takes wide receivers. Well, I'm going to end up getting a, a decent running back fall back to me to the two, three turn, but I'm going to be way out on wide receiver and my entire team is going to be very lopsided. Mm-hmm. So it, it I... kind of flips all your strategy. Whereas like what you're saying, when you're picking at 10, 11, 12 on the back end, you can kind of see what's happened in the front end, kind of look ahead 
to what me, might be happening in the second and third rounds before it gets back to you again. So and I'll give pick, you a better idea and then pick again mm-hmm. and then just wait yeah. and let people do what they do. And well, I and find the, that I come out with the best teams that way yeah. more often than not, you know, and, and then the, the, the general consensus with why people always want to pick first is, well, you know, I'm getting in a 12 team, I'm getting three players in the top 25. Well, as we've mm. kind of established throughout this, it doesn't end that way. It, it might have started that these are the top 25, but that's not how it's ending. And we're, right. we're highlighting all these players that, you know, that's a huge part of our job is highlighting who went higher, who went lower, what happened. And it just doesn't ever come out, no matter how much research you do, how, no matter how much we prep, no matter you know how much you listen to the experts, right. you're going to run into these situations where you picked three players and you did not hit on all of them. And it I doesn't mean, look as good. As like you just said, you could play fluidly and get more yeah. value that way, as opposed if you, to, to what end. you're saying too. If you just played auto pick and you took the best three players in ADP with the number one choice, you took three players in the top 25, right? Mm-hmm. right. Your roster would be CMC, AJ Brown, and CEH, which you felt great about. Felt great about at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until the one game they played yeah. together. The and one week the they were all on the field. You're gonna miss the playoffs. And you have this year, you have like four that. wins this year. If, if yeah, you're done. So. so it's I just the more the longer this goes, the more we do this, mm-hmm. and the more experienced we get with it. Because like I said, we've been doing this for 15 years, like all yeah. in. And it's like I just the older I get, the more we experience we get, the more I just realize I really hate picking in those early spots. Yeah. I do not want to be in charge. I do not want to be the one that has to make decisions. I want to let all the other people make their choices. Yeah. And it's funny because we've had people challenge that over the years where it's like, why would you actively volunteer to want to pick at 12? You get the 12th best player, best player off the board. And I'm like, Look, I'm, I'm the getting, one who made the rank. Well, I'm the one who made the rankings. I'm getting the. So fifth I'll tell best you what my confidence is in my own rankings. Yeah, yeah. like I know well, that they're pretty the thing good too. Like but... you get, like the argument for number one is you get three players in the top twenty-five. If I get number, you know, twelve, I get two players in the top thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and depending on how, and just like to Neil's point, depending on how your draft falls, I might be picking the fifth best player at at ten. Yeah. I have yeah. a family. I could be getting that, two players in my top ten. Yeah. I yeah, had a family exactly. league that Zeke. And Dalvin went nine and ten. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? So I yes, can because it's a family yeah. league, and it, we exactly. had somebody in a, people, in a family league we played players, in several hate. years yeah. ago. We had yeah. someone take Lashawn McCoy number one overall. Like eight years after that would have been an acceptable choice, and even like that, it was it was really embarrassing. Uh, but that that is a whole different story for a different day. The 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 biggest thing is it's like it's crazy because I don't yeah. even know. I still hate picking in the middle too. Yeah, because I feel like and, I just end up. You with know what? And, and the middle, I, I'm okay with as well, because that gives you, I feel like, a solid base that you can build off of. But that's you true. have to be active on the waiver wire and in trades. You have to that's be true. willing to make trades and make your team better. But I feel like I'd rather be on one of the ends. I don't ends. really want to be at the top. To what you're talking about, and for, for ends, uh, I, I feel like it allows you to reach just a little bit. Yeah, go get that yeah. guy. You, you can, can kind of get the players that you want and build the team how you want to build it. But yeah, I, I think for me in general, the question I've gotten the most um, too is like, how is it that you were drafting in the same general area, but your rosters are so wildly different? And like, it's because every draft is different. You can't go into it saying. 
these are my, like Swift. I love DeAndre Swift, but I wasn't going into every single draft saying I'm leaving here with DeAndre Swift no matter what. Like I'm, yeah. I'm paying up to get him. Like if he didn't fall to me where I wanted him, I didn't get him. It is what it is. Like I'm not going in trying to build the exact same roster across every single league. I'm I would trying argue to build that you really, best. really, really don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm trying build to build the, the best roster, roster possible that. in every single league based on the scoring and everything else. If so. you build the same roster in every league and then that roster gets hurt, you're effectively done playing fantasy football across all your leagues for the season. Do right, from, what a, it's, from a rooting for what it's worth, yeah. For what it's worth, this is also the guy that has so many DJ shares that it's actually crazy. It's yeah, cool. I, have a, I have a DeAndre Swift issue like that, too, where there are certain guys that transcend Look, that little and, rule. And I say all that <laughs> I'm knowing, knowing that I have a 90% share of Rashad Bateman across the <laughs> Right. Yeah, I understand right. it, but not right. the, the rosters aren't completely identical, though, okay? Except for that right. one player who happens to be there right. on every roster. It's... Uh, it's it's mostly diversified. And that's also a function of t- same thing with the Bateman thing for you and the Swift thing for me. Neither one of us go into the draft saying, I will roster this no matter what. Yeah. It's just a function of our rankings where right. it's like, I have this player ranked so much higher mm-hmm. that there is zero chance anyone's going to outdraft me because that's where I'm willing to go. Yeah. And that's just a function of how that happens. Yeah, that's the top of it for me. And that's yep. how that usually works. But it's, it's really interesting to do. And I will say this. It's, we are the only podcast that is doing a draft strategy show on trade <laughs> in the middle of the day, season yeah. on trade deadline day That's right. for standard. Leagues. That's how we do that it. is today. That's how we do it. Yeah. That's how we roll. We zig when others zag, they want to talk about trade deadline day. No, 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 no. no, no, no it's no, called no. self-reflection. Exactly. It we is. understand. Okay. It is. Right. We also know our brand. Most so down to earth. The people are here for the draft strategies in the, the middle market. of December. They're ready well, there's no reason year. to talk about trades at this point because, in all likelihood, your They're trade deadline done. is done at this point for today. So, but we appreciate you all checking us out again. Uh, the big one is Patreon.com/slash Important Nonsense. That's what helps us out most effectively and the easiest. Uh, if you check that out, one dollar gets you into the chat. Talk with us in the Discord. We'll help set your lineups for uh, the playoffs. Get you ready to go for that. Also, we got tons of content coming through the rest of this month. So even if your team is currently out, don't forget we have all of our DFS content. We have all of our sports betting content. We will be with you through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. So we are extremely excited for all the stuff we've got going on around here. Check us out there on the website, importantnonsense.com, at NonsenseFF everywhere. Uh, Mason, you want to plug anything? I mean, Uh, you know, come check our Discord out. That's where all of our great picks are. They, They pay for your, your, your access right there, there and, and some so yep come in talk to us you could you know talk about jack's mustache that's usually a big hit oh yeah discord for sure 100 um, you want to talk about pro wrestling which i do not understand feel free mm-hmm. there's a whole group of people that would be happy to talk to you about pro wrestling. it's mostly me shouting at myself but i'm all right with that yeah, it it's does fine. happen it's fine but sign up to get Mason's picks because uh number one against the money line the last right. time i checked in with you on betsburts which is yep. uh and that alone will yeah. pay for any Patreon fees you would incur, by the exactly. way. Exactly. It, it's More a subscription pay that it. pays for itself. There you go. Exactly. Uh, Neil, you got any pluggables for us? Oh, pluggables. <laughs> See, we already did the we already did the 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 shameless Patreon. Yeah. Shameless plug, plug and Discord. Yeah, yeah, and Discord. So beyond that, I will say, I will I, I won't I won't necessarily do a plug, but I will say this. I hope that you were successful in acquiring certain players before trade deadline day. I hope you were able to collect Waddle as I was recommending before 
last week's huge blow up game. You're welcome to those who are paying attention. And uh, <laughs> sorry about Michael Pittman. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Something in my throat there. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, if somebody wants to go, uh, go email the Colts about their Michael Pittman usage, I would really appreciate that for me. Do, do that. Go, go get social media. Campaign. We can't email them. Then there's a paper trail. Exactly. Oh, right. mm-hmm. Smoke signal. Yeah. Uh, skywriting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, if but, anybody can afford a billboard in Indy, let me, give me a call. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we'll help. We'll yeah, help amazing. fund it. We'll help fund it. Don't uh, worry. Don't you worry. I'll get a hat but going again, around. At football mace at nonsense underscore Neil at not nonsense underscore Steve. Uh, much like the summer of George, this is the week of Steve. So I will be back tomorrow and Friday. If you don't like listening or seeing me, uh, too bad because I will be here. So why are you here? Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so until tomorrow for me, but until next week for the show, keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!